0: Learn all about investing in real estate in Glendale, Arizona, with a combination of real estate financial planning and modeling with numbers specific to Glendale, plus syndicated, more generalized recordings of live and pre-recorded real estate investing classes, not all of them specific to Glendale. Be sure to stay tuned after the podcast for a message from our sponsors. Well, good morning and welcome everyone. I am your host, James Orr, and today we are going to dive deep into exactly what affects your private mortgage insurance rate. You might think that, hey, look, private mortgage insurance, PMI, the rate that the lender charges you for opting to get a loan with less than 20% down, that that is just some made up number. Turns out it is not a made-up number. Turns out there are some very significant primary factors that go into what your private mortgage insurance rate will be and also some kind of secondary adjustment sort of things that they have in there as well to determine what your PMI rate is. So quick recap before we dive into the factors. Uh, Private mortgage insurance is insurance that you pay for to protect the lender in case you default. The lender would prefer it if you put 20% down. You want to go get a loan from a lender, they're going to want you to put 20% down. However, you say to them, hey, look, you know, I am less interested in putting 20% down. I would really prefer to put 15% down and buy this investment property. Or I would prefer to go put 5% down, move into the property, live there and house hack and then maybe some point in the future convert it to a rental, or maybe I want a nomad where I want to buy a property with 5% down. I want to move into the property, live there for at least a year till I save up for my next down payment, and then move out, convert that previous one to a rental and repeat this process until I have as many rentals as I want. And you're like, look, if you're, and the lender says to you, look, I'll tell you what, I would prefer it if you put 20% down. In fact, I would prefer it if you put more than 20% down because then I am even more protective. And I will reward you by putting more down by improving your interest rate. So not only will your interest rate be better if you put more down, but you'll also be borrowing less. So therefore your cash flow when you eventually convert this to a rental property or if you're buying it straight up as a rental property will be better. However, I'm not unreasonable. I will tell you what I'm willing to do. If you insist on putting less than 20% down, I will make you that loan. I'm gonna charge you a slightly higher interest rate and I'm gonna require that you go to this third-party insurance company and I'm gonna request that you pay them a premium that protects me in case something happens to you and you end up defaulting, okay? And so you say, okay, I'll tell you what. I wanna put up 15% down to buy this investment property. I don't have to move in at all or I wanna do some type of house hacking or nomading or, or strategy where I'm buying you know, like a property that I am going to live in in some other form. And I want to put less than 20% down. So I am willing to do that. What impacts my private mortgage insurance rate? What determines how much my rate is? And that's what we're covering today. So here are the primary factors. Now, before I go into the detail, what the primary factors are, there can be hard minimums for the PMI rate as well, regardless of any of the adjustments. So they may say, look, you know, whatever your rate is here, but there may be a, a bottom threshold that says you can't go below this amount. So realize that there may be some adjustments you get where you get a benefit of having this thing, or there may be other ones where it's sort of like a penalty where they will charge you more for doing it. Okay, so what are the factors? And, and think about it from their perspective, right? This is a third party insurance company who is going to insure the risk to the lender that you will default. So what are the factors that go into whether they will have to pay out because that's how insurance works, right? Like if you're, if you're going to get insurance on your house and the lender might have to replace your house, if it burns down, one of the things that they're going to want to know is, well, what am I on the hook for? How much of a house am I going to have to replace? So what is the value of the property and what is the insurance amount you're going to want to have coverage for? And they may also say, look, um, you know, if, if you're going to come in here and you want to uh, get fire policy on your property, if you're going to be willing to pay the first $10,000 or $20,000 as a deductible against the claim that you're going to make, well, your insurance can be a little bit lower because we're, we're likely to have smaller fires that get caught and they're not going to have as much that we're going to pay out. Whereas if you say, look, I only want to have a $500 deductible, then your premium, how much you have to pay for that insurance is going to be higher. Similar things are happening with this private mortgage insurance, where they're looking at the factors and how much they might need to pay out. So for example, what is your loan to value of the property? If you're at 19% down payments, you're very close to that 20% down, and they may have to pay out only 1% if you default, because the lender only has coverage for 20% of the, the property value. Like, if, if, if they are looking at that and they, they only have a small amount that they might pay out, the private mortgage insurance premium is going to be lower. If your loan-to-value is higher, if you have, you know, only put 5% down and they have, might have to pay out, you know, 15 or 20% in order to protect the lender, your premium, your private mortgage insurance premium is going to be higher. So the higher the loan-to-value, the higher the PMI is going to be, Okay the coverage amount for the lender. So the lender can choose or insist on certain coverage amounts. And when we go over the actual calculation, we're going to go over another class where we talk about how to calculate PMI. I will show you the rate sheet for calculating private mortgage insurance. And I'll point out to you that the lender can choose to have certain amounts of coverage. It could be, I don't remember, make it up numbers here, but you know, 15 or 12% and or 6% or 22% or 35%. So the lender can choose what level of coverage they are insisting on for you to get. So if the lender requires more coverage, they want to be protected down to 65% loan-to-value, that could be a higher PMI rate for you than a lender that only requires to be protected down to 80% loan-to-value. Okay, So that's going to be another primary factor as to what is on there. Now, another factor is your credit score. Another reason for you to take the time to make sure that you improve on your credit score because the credit score is going to be a major factor in what your private mortgage insurance rate is. When we look at the primary table, when we do the calculations to how to calculate it, you're going to see that like credit score is the main thing going across the top. The to, you know, basically says, let me pick the credit score I've got. Let me pick what um, loan to value I'm doing. And those are like the two big ones that it's going to determine what it is. And then of course they've got all the different coverages for the lender on the left-hand side as well. But those are like the two big ones that you decide on what your 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 kind of primary rate is, okay? However, which table you choose is often determined by the amortization term of the loan itself. If you get a 15-year loan, the rates are different than if you get a 30-year loan. And I think the cutoff for them, for at least the table that I've seen, um, is usually 20 years. So if you're greater than a 20-year loan, you have one table. If you're less than a 20-year term on your loan, then it's another table, okay? So the shorter terms... Like a 15-year loan has lower private mortgage insurance. It is cheaper for you to get private mortgage insurance if you chose to get a 15-year loan. So you're gaining a little bit of ground by having a lower PMI payment, improving cash flow a little bit, but you're, it's, it's much uglier because the 15-year loan, your, your uh, cash flow on that is going to be much uglier, right? Because you are choosing to pay off a lot of principal every time you make a payment. You're, using the, you're trying to pay off that entire loan in 15 years. And even though your interest rate is going to be better, presumably, and also your PMI is going to be better, your, your total payment is probably going to be higher overall. Okay, So that's the amortization term of the loan itself. Then fixed and variable payment amounts. So if you decide to have fixed monthly payments or variable payments, then that actually can impact your PMI as well. And the time you've been paying the rates, that is another factor and what the uh, PMI rate will be. And then the lender has separate pricing sheets. So like credit unions apparently have a separate pricing sheet than a conventional lender. And so you may find that the rates are different if you go to two different lenders. So PMI is not static. You have to shop it around as part of when you're shopping for your loan. It's one of the factors we talk about when you're trying to determine which lender to use. So you want to go and find out not just like hey, what is the rate today, but also what is your PMI rate for me in my situation, okay? Now, those are like the primary factors. However, what's also difficult is there's a whole separate section after we determine your primary rate for adjustments that get made to your PMI rate, okay? So let's go over the adjustments quick. If you're doing cash out refinance loans and you have PMI still left on your property, guess what? you're going to get a penalty to your rate for doing that. They think of that as an extra risk. So your to your PMI rate is going to be higher for that. If it's a second home, if you're not just buying this as your primary home, if it's a second home, you will get hit on your PMI rate. It'll be a penalty for that. In addition to that, if it's an investment property, you will get hit. Your, your PMI for doing an investment property, if you're doing a 15% down, non-owner occupant investment property loan, that PMI is going to be different than if you bought a 15% down, owner occupant house tax slash nomad property. It's a penalty. It's an adjustment that they make to your rate. If you're doing doing like a single family home or even a duplex, those rates are different than if you do three or four units. They consider you doing three or four units as being higher risk. And so your private mortgage insurance rate will adjust up. It'll be more expensive for you to get PMI if you do three or four units. Employee relocation loans. I'm pretty sure that you actually get a discount on PMI if it's an employee relocation loan. Not sure why, but apparently, if, the, if your employee is willing to relocate you, then you actually get a slight discount. It's a relatively small discount, but you get a slight discount for having an employee relocation loan. If you have a manufactured home, I'm pretty sure you get a penalty for that. That's an adjustment on there. If it's a lender paid monthly premium, which I'm not even sure you can get, but maybe there is one, but apparently there's a lender paid monthly premium adjustment. So if the lender is paying monthly for you, uh, that, that is, there's is an adjustment for that. Declining renewals. I have a feeling that this means that the PMI gets lower as you renew each year. Okay, And there's a penalty for that. If you're paying an annual premium, I think that there's an adjustment for that. I actually think the annual premium gets you a slight discount. We'll see this when we do the ratio. We do the calculations. We'll look at all the adjustments and we'll see how it moves, okay? Uh, Refundable monthly premium. So there was a time where private mortgage insurance was refundable. I have not personally seen any PMI loans where you have a refundable monthly premium. Perhaps there is one. Maybe it's more expensive. I don't know. But the PMI that I've been seeing for the last few years, at least, has been where the monthly premium is non-refundable. But if there was a refundable monthly premium, that would probably be a rate adjustment for that. Now, if you have a high debt-to-income ratio, if your debt-to-income ratio is greater than 45%, then there is an additional penalty for your PMI rate. So like not only is your credit score a major factor in what your PMI is, but if you have a really high debt to income ratio, if you're kind of like pushing that limit and trying to get in and purchase a property that's more expensive, that's going to push you over that 45% DTI, that will also impact your PMI rate and actually make it worse for you for your debt to income because it's it's like, it's like penalizing you and then saying, you know, we're penalizing you because you're already high on your DTI, it's going to be a higher DTI anyway, because we're going to add to that. Now, here's an interesting one. If there's more than one borrower on the loan, it does reduce your PMI rate. So if you're just getting a property yourself, PMI is one rate. However, if you and your spouse or you and a partner end up getting a loan on a property together and you're both on the loan itself, actually PMI can be reduced, which is interesting. And you know, we'll see the order of magnitude of these adjustments. We'll show them to you when we do the calculation. I think I'm gonna do the calculation in the next class. It's either the next one or the one after that. So um, next week or the week after that, for those that are listening on a podcast, it'll probably be you know, a couple months. But for the, uh, what, the guys that are doing the daily classes, uh, it'll be like uh, next week or the week after that. So we'll actually go over what the exact adjustments are. All right, so in conclusion, lenders prefer you to put 20% down. However, if you insist on putting less than 20% down, they may opt to make you the loan, but they might require you to purchase third-party insurance to protect them in case you default. That is private mortgage insurance. That's basically what is happening, okay? Now, how much your private mortgage insurance is has many factors. There are some primary factors that matter more, and then there are some additional adjustments that have a smaller impact, okay? So when we go and we show you how to actually calculate it, we'll walk you through that whole process. Now, I'm going to jump, I'm going to like, like steal my own thunder and ruin my class where I tell you how to calculate it and tell you the best, the easiest, the most straightforward way for you to determine what PMI is, is to call up your lender and say, here's my situation. Let me get qualified with you. What is PMI for me? And they will be able to tell you exactly what your PMI is going to be. Okay. Or you can do this the hard way. You can decide, I'm gonna try to calculate this on my own using the rate sheet that you get from the lender or from the PMI company themselves and try to manually calculate this and make all the adjustments and hope that you are doing it correctly. Why go through all the extra effort? I think the interesting thing you'll find out when we walk through how to do the calculation is like what the differences are and which ones are the major levers and how much they can change, like what the range you'll see in a lot of these things. So we'll cover that in a future class. This has been James Orr. Hope you enjoyed this very short class on what affects your private mortgage insurance rate. We'll cover like how to calculate it in another class. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye for now. With home prices up, mortgage interest rates up, and rents up but not quite enough to counteract the higher prices and interest rates, cash flow on rental properties in Glendale is harder than ever. Book a call with the Real Estate Financial Planner to apply our proprietary 88 strategies to improve cash flow on your rentals. See the show notes for a link to schedule your call and improve your cash flow today. If you're a real estate agent, lender, or professional in Glendale that wants to help our real estate investor listeners, consider reaching out to learn about collaboration opportunities with this podcast. We'd love to add more value to our listeners by having you assist our investors buy, sell, and finance their real estate investments. See the show notes to schedule a call to discuss collaboration opportunities.